Good morning. Welcome to First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. We are a spiritual community dedicated to the free search for truth, meaning, and beauty. My name is Chris Jemerson. I'm Minister for Program Development here at the church, and I have with me our wonderful lay leader, Susan Thompson, who also chairs my ministerial fellowship committee. I also want to issue a special welcome to our visitors this morning. We are so glad you're here. We come from a long tradition of seeing a spark of the divine in every person. And it's in that tradition that I invite you to turn to those around you and greet the holy among us this morning. It is also our tradition in Unitarian Universalist churches to begin our services by lighting a chalice, which is a symbol of our faith. So please join me in our words for lighting the chalice, which are printed in your order of service. Love is the spirit of this church, and service is its law. This is our great covenant, to dwell together in peace, to seek the truth in love, and to help one another. Our call to worship this morning is entitled Stewardship. It's by Leslie Takahashi. To worship means to consider that which has worth. Today we consider with gratitude the many gifts of this community, the opportunity to be affirmed in who we are and to offer that affirmation to others, the chance to stand up together to help remake the world in the ideal of justice, and the aspiration to consider all life as precious, for if all of it is made of stardust, how can it not be wonderful? So this, one, this morning, let's welcome all these gifts with gratitude, for they have been paid for with many currencies, the blood of the martyrs who died so that we can be free in our religion, the sweat of those who persisted in justice's name against hostility and adversity, the tears of those who struggle to build better lives for those in this life, the questions of our children as they understand the world anew and offer their understanding to us as a fresh lens, the laughter and joy of those giddy with the embrace of this community, the dollars and cents of those who gave what they could and then stretched a little more. The infinite small acts of service that make the parts greater than the whole done by those who knew themselves in sympathy with our purposes. So today we consider with gratitude and humility what it means to pay forward what has been paid forward for us. And now with all of this, let us enter into worship with gladness in our hearts. Unitarian Universalism doesn't have a creed. We don't have a set of beliefs that we all have to sign on to and we draw from all of the world's faith traditions. So sometimes people ask us, well then, what holds you all together? Well, I think a lot holds us together, our principles and our values. And at this church, we have our mission. It's our common purpose. We put it on our wall and we say it together every Sunday. We gather in community to nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice. Our reading this morning uh, for our centering is entitled Gifts, 
It was written by Reverend Chris. You can find it on page four of our order of service, and we'll be reading it responsively. So please turn to page four. For those who came before, who gave to us this faith that sustains us, and this our beloved religious community, we offer our gratitude and those gifts that are significant and meaningful to us. For those who will come after us, our literal and spiritual children and grandchildren, who will carry forward our beloved Unitarian Universalism and our beloved church. We offer our gratitude and those gifts that are significant and meaningful to us. For the gifts of life and love, we offer our gratitude and those gifts that are significant and meaningful to us. For our common purpose, for the opportunity to gather as a community, for the blessings of nourishing souls and transforming lives, both inside these church walls and beyond them, for the call to do justice. We offer our gratitude and those gifts that are significant and meaningful to us. For ourselves, we who form and carry forward our faith and our beloved community, we offer our gratitude and those gifts that are significant and meaningful to us. This is a time in our service where we breathe together. We breathe together. Some of us pray. Some meditate. Some simply follow our breath to that deeper place inside, that source of greater wisdom. And as we breathe together, we feel the loving presence of those around us. We breathe together and we enter into a time of sacred silence together remembering that human sounds and the sounds of small children are a part of that silence in this congregation. Breathing in, breathing out, we enter into that time of silence now together. We gather in community to nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice. What an inspiring mission we have. What a grand purpose. What a sacred reason for this religious community to be. And it arose out of a set of values that our religious community has discerned are at our very core. Transcendence, community, compassion, courage, transformation. What glorious aspirations we share. So as you heard earlier, we are in the time of the year where we're engaged in our stewardship campaign to ask you for your financial pledges that will make living out those values and that mission possible next year. Now I have to tell you, one of your stewardship ministry co-chairs really, really wanted me to call this the Sermon on the Amount. I declined. 
I bet you can guess which one it was. I declined because I want to talk with you about more than just the amount. I want to reflect upon the vision that those shared values call us toward, the dream that we step into every Sunday when we say together that mission, our sacred reason to be. But I also do want to acknowledge that we sometimes shy away from talking about money, especially in churches and a very especially in worship. And yet, A spiritual practice of generosity, a commitment toward responsible stewardship of our church and religious community is a vital part of nourishing our own souls and transforming our own lives. We have inherited this church, our spiritual dream and vision, because of the generosity of our religious ancestors, and we have the opportunity to pass it on in an even more realized way to those who will follow us. And to me, there is something divine in that possibility. Now, our church and all Unitarian Universalists, or UU for short, churches, all UU churches are organized in a manner that is referred to as congregational polity. Polity just means how we organize and govern ourselves. Our congregational polity goes all the way back to 1648 and a written set of promises, a covenant that a group of our predecessor churches made to one another called the Cambridge Platform. Now, very briefly, congregational polity, as established by the Cambridge Platform, means that we're a a group of associated churches that support and work with one another so that we can all more greatly live out our shared UU faith. And each church pays into a shared administrative body called the Unitarian Universalist Association, or UUA. The UUA then provides many forms of important administration, administrative and educational support to our churches and to our larger UU work in the world. But, and this is important, each of our UU churches are independent entities. We own our own property and govern ourselves. There is no centralized denominational hierarchy that can tell us what to believe or what to do. All thanks to that Cambridge platform. So maybe that's why my UU history professor in seminary had us sing out booyah after anyone said the Cambridge platform. Oops, booyah. Oh, now you know we have to do this together, of course. Susan, come help us. You ready? The Cambridge platform. Booyah! The Cambridge platform. Booyah! The Cambridge platform. Thank you for indulging my religious nerdiness. Now, another result of congregational polity is that there is no centralized denominational body that provides us with overall financial support. The lion's share of the funding that allows this religious community to step into that dream together, live out our mission, our sacred purpose together, comes from the very members of this religious community. We have to fund ourselves, thanks also to the Cambridge platform. Yeah, booyah. (laughs) Nah, that's okay, because I know, I know 
that this congregation is up to it. We have, you have, the spiritual generosity to step into that dream together. I know this for so many reasons. I know it because I've watched you pledge to a capital campaign that will result in creating a welcome table for more and more folks who will join us in living out our sacred purpose together. Strengthened by their presence among us, I have no doubt that we will step into that dream even more fully. And I have experienced the spiritual generosity of this church very directly and very personally. Several years ago now, not that long after my spouse Wayne and I joined the church and before I went to seminary, Wayne developed a disabling and potentially life-threatening condition called polymyositis. Polymyositis is likely an inherited condition wherein the immune system attacks the body's own muscles. For Wayne, it caused a number of symptoms and problems, including weakening his leg muscles to the point where he could barely walk. Members of this church brought us food. They offered to take Wayne to his various medical appointments. One member came by and even gave Wayne these two beautiful walking canes that that church member had hand-carved himself. I can't begin to tell you how all of that helped. I was working as the executive director of an immigration legal services nonprofit at the time, a job that required well over 40 hours per week, and I was struggling so much to balance that with being there for Wayne and just being with Wayne. And the help that the members of this church gave us made such a real difference. Plus, I don't mind telling you, I was scared. I was very, very worried. My heart was hurting over seeing what the disease was doing to Wayne and the fear that it might take him from me. Just knowing that this church was holding us in prayers and love helped us to make it through that time. Now, I want you to know that Wayne is now doing much better. The polymyositis. Uh, polymyositis is in remission, and he's even seeing a fitness trainer at a gym doing exercises people half his age have no business doing. And in my time in this church since then, and especially now as one of your ministers, I have witnessed this religious community do the same thing for so many others helping people through battling cancer and other serious illnesses, holding family members and loved ones through the deaths of ones they loved, loving and supporting one another through any number of life's challenges and sorrows, and also celebrating life's joys together. And that's only some of the spiritual generosity of this religious community, and it's only the part that occurs within these church walls. But you, you also take that generosity out into our community and our world in so many ways. We have folks working for justice by engaging in anti-racism activities, fighting for LGBTQ rights, the rights and dignity of the disabled, women's rights, immigration justice, and so much more. We have a group of real leaders in the Austin area on the environment and climate change. This congregation 
offered sanctuary to Sulma Franco and helped her avoid deportation to her home country of Guatemala, where she would have faced persecution and most likely death. That's the difference, that gathering in community to nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice makes. It changes lives for the better. Sometimes it even saves a life. And I believe it changes our own lives by helping us to be better people, people living more fulfilling ethical lives and who are moved to work for justice in our community and our world. What an inspiring mission. What a grand purpose. What a sacred reason to be. And the thing is, I could go on. I have only scratched the surface of all the many ways in which this congregation is demonstrating your spiritual generosity by living out that mission. In all, we have over 80 ministries and programs. But I want to change gears just slightly now, though, and talk about the resilience and spiritual generosity this religious community has demonstrated over just the past few months while our senior minister Meg has had to be out so that she could heal and recover from the serious infection she had developed. First, I can't begin to adequately voice through you how much the love and support so many of you have expressed to Meg and Kaya has meant to them. You helped lift their spirits at a time when it would have been so easy to fall into despair. And all the while, you kept that mission alive. Here's just one example. Over the past several months, a dedicated group of church leaders have expanded our efforts on anti-racism, multiculturalism, and dismantling the dominance of white norms both in this church and by working with other groups out in our community. We can and must keep expanding this work. However, we have an ever-strengthening base upon which to build now. During this time, so many of you have worked in so many ways as we battled the many harmful bills that came up in the Texas legislature. We weren't able to stop all of them, but there were important victories. And I was happy to see that on Wednesday of last week, a judge at least temporarily blocked one of the most harmful of those bills that did pass, Senate Bill 4, the so-called show-me-your-papers anti-immigrant, anti-sanctuary city law. Over the past few months, you have also kept this religious community growing in so many ways. As you heard from Brendan, a dedicated group of volunteers did a set of canvassing visits for our capital campaign to invite relatively new members to participate. Those newer members responded so generously, and many of them have now become canvassers themselves. And speaking of new members, 46 great folks joined this church between January and July of this year. That is more than an all of 2016. In general, your Sunday attendance has also been up, as has attendance at our faith development classes and our children for our children and our youth. If you didn't get to see the service that our high school youth did in May, let me tell you, it was profoundly moving. 
And it was great evidence that our folks that work with our children and youth over in our faith development wing are doing amazing and holy work. Rumor even has it that a couple of our youth have begun considering going to UU Seminary. The greatest number of members from this church ever to attend our Unitarian Universalist Annual General Assembly did so this past year in June. Under the leadership of our excellent denominational affairs chair, our participation in our larger faith is growing. And so many of you have worked in so many ways to expand our social justice and interfaith efforts this year. We've formed a terrific new women's alliance under the leadership of its founding chair. Then recently, this congregation has again offered sanctuary to an immigrant that faces potentially life-threatening consequences without it. I see we have him wearing one of our bright yellow standing on the side of love t-shirts already. I love this place. Over the past week, I've been heartened by the generosity shown across our country to offer support and aid to people affected by Hurricane Harvey. I have been especially touched by the responses of our local UU churches and most especially you, the people in this church. Because once again, terrific leadership has stepped up from among us. And several people are providing us today ways to donate tangible items and or to make a financial contribution to folks who have been affected by Harvey. You can also contribute to help our UU churches that were damaged by the storm. You can get more information at the social action table in the gallery after this service. These are just a few of the ways that you all have kept our mission alive and the spiritual generosity of this religious community flowing over the past few months while Meg has had to be away. I tell you all of this because that is not what so often happens when a well-loved minister is unexpectedly absent for an extended period due to serious illness. What more often happens is that much of what I have just described grinds to a halt. Anxieties rise, tempers flare, attendance and new membership growth fall, and very often the poor soul who steps in as the acting senior minister under certain circumstances is treated in a way that, oh, let's just say is quite the opposite of the compassion, support, and generous spirit with which you all have treated me. And you know, of course, I would not have had it happen under these circumstances. But that compassion and support you have all shown me has helped me to learn and grow as a minister. You have helped my soul to thrive, and for that I am and always will be extraordinarily grateful. The resilience, compassion, generosity of spirit and commitment to our mission and ministries this religious community has demonstrated during this time is nothing short of amazing. You are already stepping into the dream together. So our stewardship campaign is just the way we provide ourselves with the resources it will take to keep that dream uh, going together next year. Members of this church have already pledged $300,000 towards 2018, many of them raising their pledges by significant amounts compared to this year, some almost doubling them. Now, I know that not everyone has the circumstances that will allow them to do that, so here is that 
Sermon on the Amount, after all. In this church, we ask that our folks pledge an amount that is meaningful and significant to you within your own means. We're hoping to increase our pledges by about 5% overall. Oh, and we also ask you to please be nice to your canvassers when they call you. They are wonderful people, great volunteers, and we can never, ever thank them enough for what they do. Transcendence, community, courage, compassion, transformation. What a compelling set of values this religious community shares. We gather in community to nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice. What a sacred reason to be. May we keep the dream of this, our beloved religious community, alive and growing by continuing to support ourselves as we have done going all the way back to the Cambridge platform. And amen. Now please join me in our words for extinguishing the chalice. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. I can't offer blessings enough to come anywhere close to how blessed I feel to get to do ministry here and to have been entrusted with being the acting senior minister during this time. So here's a try, though. All blessings. All blessings. All blessings. All blessings. Still nowhere close. Still nowhere close. Thank you for your spiritual generosity. Now, may the congregation say amen. And blessed be. Go in peace. Go with love. This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at austinuu.org.